when we read the first chapter, second chapter, I said, oh my God, this is exactly the beginning of the, the pandemic. book review um, and we think that it's going to resonate with your experience this past year. Um, we're discussing Albert Camus' novel, The Plague, um, and joining me to discuss uh, The Plague this week, of course, is as always my co-host Don Sun. Hi, Don. Hi, Katie. Hi. It's good to talk to you this week. I'm excited to swap notes about your experience of reading the book. Um, and I don't know if saying that I enjoyed reading the plague is the right way to describe my experience, um, but it definitely was fascinating and a very timely read. Um, so today I'd sort of like to, of course, summarize the book and what happens, um, but also I wanted to uh, do a little bit of literary digging and research um, uh, and uh, give the readers um, some context about uh, Camus was a very philosophical writer and, and also about the historical period in which this book um, was written. So once we've done that, we can sort of compare the book to our own personal experience and then talk about what we're gonna take away from this um, book this year. So um, getting all of that out of the way, I wanted to jump in with some context. So as you might have been able to guess uh, from the title, this book is about an epidemic and it recounts a fictional outbreak of the bubonic plague, although I don't think it's ever named, um, in the 1940s in Iran, which is uh, a, a port city, um, an Algerian port city. And it follows a few main characters, um, but primarily the focus um, tells the story of the whole city through the plague and through a few main characters, but our, our focus character is Dr. Bernard Rieu, um, who is a doctor in the city. And very early on, he recognizes the plague when um, he notices a bunch of rats start dying in the city, sort of how it begins. Um, he notices and sets out to sort of uh, treat this outbreak of plague. Um, so it functions on that level as sort of the story of Dr. Ryu trying to fight the plague, um, but also on this other level as sort of a journalistic account of life in the city um, throughout the outbreak. It's written from this collective kind of, it's written from a narrator, but there's uh, lots of passages talking about like just the general um, collective sense of the town. Um, in the very beginning, the author really emphasizes the fact that the town is um, very ordinary. Um, and he talks about the habits and general lifestyles of the people as being very normal. Um, and then we see all of that breaking down as the plague kind of continues on into the city. So as you can imagine, it bears some similarities to the experiences we've all had this year in the US since March with the coronavirus pandemic. Don, what inspired you to pick up this book? It's definitely not a light read. Of course, it's uh, uh, my experience uh, during the pandemic uh, gave me a lot of time to just uh, uh, save my travel time. I don't need to go to office every day. And uh, I have a lot of time to read, a lot of time to think. And also it's, uh, uh, unless there's a very, very important uh, feed physically face-to-face -to, -face to meeting, most uh, 
the friends I met is going to go through the like earth to go through the zoom. So it's a, uh, and also there's a very, very important difference uh, between you and me is I got this coronavirus, the, the information and much, much earlier than uh, American people in this country, people start to realize that something happened it's uh, probably around March. So all these triggers are my, I cannot say it's uh, philosophical, but uh, trigger me is how to think about this country. And uh, this country start to get the first case in Washington state and then immediately coming to California and then New York. And that time is the, the people still kind of a react, it's a nothing important, nothing serious. This is the, the attitude for the people. Even you have a face mask in the, in the supermarket, people still say you are sick. Those kind of things happen exactly the repeated pattern in mainland China there. So these kind of things remind me Camus' the book played. So it's the, I think this is a good time. So we read, read this book, not only you and me, but everyone should read it. It's so weird to reflect our human nature, especially the, the meaning of life because the, we kind of uh, stop here and uh, pause our life. Now it's a full year. And then you can see what's the meaning of our life every day. And at the very beginning, the people on the social media to post uh, what I have done today, what I done tomorrow, and they try to find some new stuff. But now I think most people stop to post their life because every day is repetitive. Same pattern, do the same thing, and couldn't go anywhere, and couldn't post any new photos. That kind of things causes, I think, for me, for you, or for most people, we can think about it. The what's the meaning of life? As for the Asian community, it's the immediate. My response is a, it's a crime, or it's a hatred, or it's a some. Uh, scapegoat, those kind of response, because uh, Trump say this is a Wuhan virus, this is a China virus. But uh, my understanding, I know when people, they have uh, economic uh, suffering of uh, employment or economic deterioration, and they are, they are looking for something else, especially for the politicians, they can switch the, the whole target into the foreign um, countries or foreign peoples. So it's the, but as the Asian community in this country, we're probably going to be suffered by the people they hate, that the, if they have people die, they have some suffering, that the economic tragedy. So it's the hate crime towards Asian has been raised a lot. So it's a, I think this novel is going to directly, indirectly to reflect these kind of things. I think if I pick up this book, and we can go through the from a very beginning and the middle and the end, how human we we treat each other, we we can interact with each other and how to use the law, humanity, and also it's the how to deal with the hatred. These kind of things I think I think is pretty inspired me to read this book. Yeah, and um 
I think you're like hitting the nail right on the head there when you said like the pandemic and also this book really gets you to start thinking about the meaning of life when your day to day becomes so like monotonous and the same thing over and over again. I think that's definitely reflected in this book. Um, and also just in Camus work more general, he was a big um, humanist. And so kind of wanted to jump in and give a little bit of background about his career and the historical context for his novel. So um, he was a French Algerian writer. So he was born in Algeria in 1913. Um, he didn't live very long. He died in 1960. Um, but his citizenship was French, though, because um, at that time, Algeria was a colony of the French. And he was also in Paris when the Germans invaded France during World War II um, in 1940 and served as uh, an, the editor-in-chief of an outlawed newspaper during that time. So he was in the resistance. And so throughout his career, he's kind of um, very interested both in the deeply personal things and the political things. Um, he was uh, an existentialist, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. Um, and he received a Nobel Prize uh, for some of his work. His other most famous novel that you might have heard of is called The Stranger. And that was published in uh, 1942, so a little bit before this one. Um, so, but this particular book, The Plague, was written while Camus was stuck in Iran, separated from his wife uh, due to the war. So he's very much reacting to the environment he lived in at the time. He wrote about a fictionalized version of the city that he was actually trapped in, um, of people being stuck. Um, so I, I think there's also a lot of like echoes of his own life in this story, as well as our own. Yeah, it's the, when you mentioned that his uh, first novel, Stranger, that's the, the book uh, bring Kamu to my attention. I read The Stranger many times. It's so deep and touchy. You keep you thinking about the, his uh, philosophy, and uh, also it's the there are several others extensive uh, uh, examples. It's the those people. It's just uh, uh, when I read Stranger, I feel so depressed. Similarly, at the beginning of this book, it's you just feel our life is meaningless, but the uh, when you go through most of his book, after it, there's a different, it's the opposite of depression. So it's the same thing. When I talk to you, talk to the audience here, friends here, I hope it's the, we can overcome this kind of a frustration of life and the struggle. And the, I think there's a, another philosophical book he, he wrote is about the, the myth of a Sisyphus. Yeah, yeah. He that, he thought a lot about the myth of Sisyphus. Uh, that's the 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 philosophy is uh, I like it so much. So it's uh, whenever it's the I feel isolated, I feel depressed, I feel the just repetitive to repeat the cooking, <laughs> shopping, and the reading, and then you can feel it's the, the even the life is uh, boring, meaningless. And we still have a uh, something we can accomplish. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, so you're already like kind of hinting at the end there. I'm so excited that we're going to get to that later. But first we have to go into the darkness of the plague and um, 
talk about so what happens to the citizens of Iran. And I think this is um there were so many, I, I was like listening to the audiobook and reading like with a pencil, and you can see my little like pink post-it flags. Um, because there are so many lines that I was like, that is absolutely how I felt in March or like June or um, at various points throughout this pandemic year. So um, like I mentioned before, the story kind of begins in this very ordinary way. He's describing the city. Um, he talks about how the people work on the, on the weekdays and on the weekends, they like to go outside and go swimming. But then uh, kind of our central character, Dr. Ryu, realizes these rats have been appearing, that have been appearing and dying all over the city um, are carrying the plague. And we begin seeing how citizens and authorities and journalists react. I don't know about you, but this was the section that reminded me the most of the present. I, um, the, there's a line somewhere towards the beginning of the book where um, at the beginning of the pandemic, he writes, uh, Camus writes that for the present, uh, the citizens of uh, Iran were not unemployed. They were merely on holiday. So it was on that, on that, on fine days towards three in the afternoon, Iran brought to mind a city where public rejoicings are in process, progress, shops are shut and traffic is stopped to give merrymaking populace freedom of the streets. Um, and so that was definitely how I felt a little bit at the beginning of the pandemic when we all thought, oh, this is going to be a few weeks. I went home um, from college to spend some extra time with my family and my sisters were home and my little brother was home and um, we've got to go on walks every day and sit down and have long dinners. Um, I what I what stood out to you from the from the beginning part of the book? Yeah, it's a the at the very beginning, I feel a little bit depressed. It's very, very scary. It's the, when you imagine the uh, dead rats on the street and the hungry thousand, it can feel disgusting and uh, very scary, especially for the doorman. I think the, the guy is uh, Michael. Yeah, the doorman mm -hmm. found the rats and the initial said, our building can never have a rats. And the later is uh, he's a god of, got the, the uh, plague as the first victim of the entire book. Those kind of things uh, make me remind uh, the first initial, the news break out from uh, mainland China. That's the almost the typically response of people and uh, the doctor, the whistleblower and uh, announce in very, very small circle of his friend says that we have a some, some disease just like a SARS like uh, five years ago and uh, some uh, they don't have a name yet but they know it's uh, some some kind of a very serious disease there are only seven people but this guy has been immediately put into the jail by Chinese government say you are whistleblower you just disturb the, the social stability. And uh, after this, the uh, he's uh, he's putting he was put in jail. The other girl, I think, is only like a twenty years old. She started write a journal about the pandemic every day, every day, and uh, put on the journal on the uh, WeChat or on the internet mm -hmm. to draw like a 
like a 10 million million reader read her journal every day because uh, official news like uh, this country is, uh, they all say it's a fake news. So it's, they read this particular girls that we call it a fun fun journal. So everybody read her journal to go to deal with the, the pandemic in China. And so it's a, in March, when we have a real pandemic in this country, I have been mentally experienced so many stories there already. It's so vivid. I know the people die. I know the people, how people struggle in the hospital there. And also we have spent like a first two months in January and February. We try to looking for face mask in the Home Depot, Target, everywhere I can go. I just bought the, all the face masks and the ship to China. We never think it's a, we need a face mask later. So that's the kind of experience. When we read the first chapter, second chapter, I said, oh my God, this is exactly the beginning of the, the pandemic. It's just so uh, history, just kind of a repetitive, just to show the pattern and that we should learn from this kind of things. Yeah. Um... Camus emphasizes over and over again um, also that like all of the citizens of Iran really thought that this this surely wasn't happening to them. He says, in this respect, our townsfolk were like everybody else wrapped up in themselves. In other words, they were humanists and they disbelieved in pestilences. They fancied themselves free and no one will ever be free as long as there are pestilences. So like when the pandemic starts, um, or the plague starts rather in the novel, like the, the authorities, the, the government decide that they don't want to call it a plague because they don't want people to panic. And I just thought immediately, of course, of what had happened here. Um, and um, there was another moment. Oh yeah. And he also talks about the, the, the newspapers not publishing anything about the rats and just kind of ignoring everyone going about their normal life. So that by the time everyone's kind of grappling with the plague, it's so big and so in front of them. He says um, that this, this disease is so bad that even the people who don't have the plague can't do anything but think about um, how terrible the plague is. And so as the plague kind of rages on, um, the authorities of Iran decide to shut the gates of the city and critics later talk about it as being a novel about exile because everyone in the city um, is exiled from the outside world um, and we see how our various characters kind of deal with their new lives um, and I think that's a really great way to kind of enter into Camus um, philosophy in this book. He's a very philosophically oriented writer and he's strongly associated um, with the existentialism um, so he's interested in trying to confront death and determine the meaning of life without um, leaning on any kind of religious framework. And so in particular, most obviously in the plague, he explores themes of the absurd. Um, so like, how do we determine meaning when we're faced with irrational and random injustice of the universe, like a disease, a plague that uh, there's really no logic to who lives and dies. There are young children who die, as well as older adults, and there's not any kind of systemic way in which people are killed. And so um, 
he's definitely interested in figuring out how do humans find meaning in this situation um, when uh, an outbreak kills indiscriminately without reason. Um, and so we see this especially in the debates between Dr. Ryu, who's kind of the main character, and the sermons of Father Panelu, who's the, the priest in the town. He gives two really big sermons that are kind of uh, bookends in the text. And so Ryu, though, is the one who most closely mirrors Camus. Um, he uh, kind of sets out his philosophy of life pretty directly in a debate that he has um, with Father Panelu. He sees um, that whether or not there is a God who sees or causes the suffering in this world, as humans, we're obligated to try and help people in need and try to alleviate suffering. And so that's exactly what Dr. Ryu do, does. Um, he goes and dedicates his entire life um, to trying to fight the plague as best he can. Um, and this, this kind of attitude that the only thing we can do to, is help people is also really apparent in the character of Jean Theroux, or maybe it's Jean, the character of Jean Theroux, um, Don, could you tell us a little bit about him and how he decides to cope with this plague? I like two characters in this book. One is Dr. Ray, and the other one is Jim Tarrant. is just a visitor, accidentally, has been imprisoned in this small town city with the doctors. And originally, he tried to escape back to France to, to reunited with his wife, but later he gave up and be the first volunteer organizer to start to help people to do the, all the volunteers work. This is a, the person always a kind of a, uh, the life I have. I always try to enlarge the meaning of my personal life, try to help others. This is the character that I like this, uh, because it's a, I'm a kind of a person just like him. And whenever you, you face challenge or troubles, it's not, you, you cannot escape by yourself, but you need to jump in to take a responsibility and mobilize more people to work together. Uh, I, I don't believe God in, in God at all. It's, I don't have a religion. I tried, but didn't go through. But I do have my code of moral kind of a responsibility, especially during this kind of a pandemic is touched entire human being from country to country. So any board of any country, now is the same as the useless or human being is just the entire is the one unity. You have to help each other and the response to your all your own behavior and try to help others. So it's, I like this character, but unfortunately he was died before the dawn of the light. So the, 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 that's the, the character. I think it's the most Camus uh, philosophy to the meaning of life somehow reflect from this particular person. That's the very positive, encouraging, and try to gather people even you face random meaningless world and you still have uh, some joy and uh, responsibility when you get a full engaged in your life every day whenever you wake up you pray you're happy you think uh, i have another day i can do something 
for the other people. That's kind of a philosophy or it's the simple, uh, the, the uh, Sisyphus just uh, rolling the stone to the top <laughs> and then it's a roll back again. Those kind of things is uh, I like this character so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a really strong character. Um, and he, he does really like lay out a lot of the philosophy for this book. He talks about um, kind of uh, how heroism and like going out and being brave is overrated, especially in the, in the face of the plague. He talks about um, what we really have to do is that the, the plague is a matter of common decency of trying to, to do the best for other people that you can. Um, and so I found him also to be a really compelling and interesting um, character to kind of flesh out Camus' perspective about how we confront um, such horrible tragedies uh, like a plague. Um, so yeah, alongside though, um, we've been talking a lot about how this, the plague in the novel sort of literally mirrors our experience of the pandemic this year. Um, a lot of people and literary scholars have read um, the plague uh, very metaphorically, sort of as an allegory. Um, so as I pointed out earlier, Camus is really interested in the deeper philosophical meaning of these things um, and of human life. And so he's generally really interested in concepts about how human beings are to treat one another, justice, um, all of that. And so many literary critics kind of based on the time period in which this was written, um, and also Camus' personal experience um, as a member of the French resistance, have argued that the plague and this sense of exile being trapped in Iran um, kind of functions as a metaphor for the occupation of France during World War II um, and a celebration of all that the French resistance was not able to accomplish, but how it was able to sort of demonstrate the human spirit in the face of randomness and evil. Um, and as well as kind of an indictment of the French who collaborated with the Vichy regime or just didn't take the threat of Hitler and Nazism seriously enough. Um, so I actually found a really interesting essay um, that was published in April, so earlier on in the pandemic in the US. Um, this was written by a woman who at the time when the pandemic started, um, was translating the novel. It was originally published in French. Um, and so uh, this was published in the New York Times, uh, written by Laura Maris. And she wrote um, kind of hoping that the plague and novels like it could serve as a sort of plague serum or a vaccination, a collective antibody, um, she says, for humanity going forward as we face challenges um, beyond the current pandemic. So I wanted to read a little bit of what she had to say. Um, and then hear your thoughts. She says that unlike many of Camus' uh, contemporaries, he took the long view. The heroism of the resistance was less important than how humanity could be restored after the war. In a speech that he gave in 1946, he pushed for a post-war return to the human scale, calling hatred and indifference symptoms of this crisis. He refused to let his country off the hook for its role in spreading this illness. And it's too easy on this point to simply accuse Hitler and say this, that the snake has been destroyed, the venom gone, because we know perfectly well the venom is not gone, that each of us carries it in our own hearts. Um, that's a quote from Kimu. Mm -hmm. And so Maris continues on to say that while people care, while he knew that people carried 
traces of hatred, he was also hoping that those traces could be disarmed as cultural antibodies. Writing the plague in the form of historical chronicle was a hopeful gesture, implying that, implying human continuity, a vessel to carry the memory of war as an inoculation against future armed conflicts. So kind of carrying Maris's very long and complex argument um, on, the plague not only teaches us about how humans can solve big problems if they come together collectively to do so, um, or at least confront big problems, but also about how we have to keep the memory of these events alive um, so that we can learn from our mistakes in the future. Um, I recently uh, was, uh, on Christmas Eve, I had a conversation with some friends about how much of our lives will remain online after this pandemic, sort of thinking about like, when we are able to go back to normal, what will we choose to do? Um, and given that the pandemic proved that so much of what we used to do in person can be done digitally, um, I'm hoping still that we take away, um, what you can take away from this book, I think, is that social connections are so meaningful and important. And that I really hope that we learn to build better communities after this pandemic, because um, from the people who've been stuck alone in, you know, tiny apartments in New York City to the people who have been stuck with their families or wherever we have been kind of trapped and exiled this year, um, like the citizens of Iran, I think at, at least I've come to realize how important community is. So Don, besides the similarities between the onset of the plague um, and the onset of our current pandemic, what are your big takeaways from the book? Yeah, I think it's uh, just like a uh... Uh, I stated at the very beginning, this book is just uh, uh, for me and for everyone, it's a kind of a, I can feel uh, there's some crisis in we facing for the entire human being, especially the uh, after two years, the campaign, presidential campaign, we are uh, looking for the future. There's a wave of technology, wave of AI, and uh, a lot of a uh, regular job is going to eliminate and uh, pandemic is going to speed up this uh, process. A lot of uh, we call normal people like a clerk, cashier, their job going to gone. And uh, when they couldn't find job, social stability and uh, the inequality in this society is going to become larger and larger. And there's someone is going to be the uh, scope uh, scapegoat to be the hurt. And nice that if uh, the, our president keeps saying the Wuhan virus, uh, Chinese virus, uh, some people are going to, that's the, my selfish uh, the feeling some kind of a crisis, especially maybe uh, after three, six months later, when the, the uh, cash relief fund is uh, used up and uh, employment keep going up, the social inequality going to be um, surfing more and more causing more trouble. And I think it's a, people read this book and uh, absorb some uh, positive energy, try to extend our love and the humanity to the others. I think it's the very, very meaningful. And also it's, I feel very encouraged after reading this book, it's so, excited to share with people and uh, his philosophy is that uh, I have accepted a lot and uh, 
regardless of whatever that we can do. And I think it's the, uh, with uh, the, all the medical uh, medicine development and the, all the doctors they, and the nurses in the hospital. I have so many friends, they working in the hospitals. I, they, they don't think they are heroes or heroes. They just think that they, they do their job, just like uh, the Kamus, the Dr. Reed described himself. So I think it's that we need to appreciate uh, all the people fighting for the coronavirus. Uh, and uh, if we can do anything, we just uh, jump in to work with all the people together. Yeah, that I yeah, I think that's like a really great takeaway to get from this. And um, yeah, I also like was really struck by Teru's philosophy as well. Um, we find out like very late in the novel that he had spent his the early part of his life campaigning against the death penalty. Um, and he kind of spells out this metaphor really clearly um, when between pestilence and just human suffering in general and the horrible things that people across the world um, always have to go through. Um, he says that all I maintain is that on earth there are pestilences and there are victims and it's up to us so far as possible not to join forces with the pestilences. Um, so I think that that really made me um, think of this year. Um, the pandemic is not quite so random as the one in the plague where truly anyone can die. We have definitely, I think this pandemic has revealed um, who's vulnerable in our society and who we could be doing uh, more to help. So I also hope that we'll all be um, taking kind of a note from Taru and trying to not to join forces with the pestilences and oppressions of this world, um, but to fight against those things. So I also wanted to take some time to talk about the conclusion. On the one hand, it's really um, hopeful. Camus has some of these like really beautiful sentences about um, everyone coming back into the streets and um, just how the, the city kind of came back to life after the pandemic. Um, but Dr. Ryu also gives us a hint that the plague never really dies out. It just lives dormant and can reemerge at any time. How did that strike you as an ending? Yeah, that's the exactly the, the philosophical, just uh, give people uh, some kind of a warning about our life. You know, it's the, it's the I think it's a, before he, he wrote this book, they have like a, at least a four different uh, um, plague before uh, he's write this novel plague. So it's the same thing. It's that you see that the human history, there's always kind of a disease happening, the spreading the, around the world. And this kind of thing is that we need to, uh, at the very beginning of this pandemic, I, I start feeling, oh, it's, I'm so fortunate to experience such a, tragedy and the soul uh, impact the every aspect of our life. And the, now it's the, at the end, come see, okay, now you experience a unique experience. All the human beings, sometimes they will suffer the, the, the pandemic or something the human cannot control the environment. Not today, maybe if even we have a, a vaccine is coming out, and maybe a couple of years later, 
it's a plague or pandemic is coming back again. So it's the when when worse things happen, especially touch everyone's aspect, you can see people's uh, human nature review on every event, every aspect they reflect it. So it's, we know it's uh, how the, the uh, how kind of uh, some people and how ugly some uh, human natures, uh, how selfish, those kind of a comparison or contrast and they give us the, the, the more meaningful life. This is the, I feel so enjoyed every day you sit here and uh, quietly just uh, watch the entire the, the world, how we deal with this pandemic from government, government uh, including the federal, state, even local, on a different level, publicly elected official, they treat the pandemic is all different. And for the individually, personally, you can see how we deal with our family, friends, and how we deal with a colleague, and whenever things happen, how we treat each other is so, so affluent, reflect our life here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think he's also like, uh, warning us to stay vigilant and like keep our eyes open for whatever the next, um, you know, plague will be next, whether it's a literal pandemic <laughs> in our case this year or um, just injustice more broadly. Um, so I really enjoyed like getting to debrief that book with you, but I think we should lighten the mood a little bit before we close. Um, so we will um, sort of transition and to our regular segment to talk about what is keeping us entertained this week. So Don, what's keeping you entertained this week? Ah, it's the most, uh, uh, the, my life doesn't affect me too much. It's I keep an outdoor play. It's the, each week I try to play golf twice. So there's the, you know, this year is the golf, the market, it's just so, so good. You cannot book tea time. So every golf course is a pack. And the, the rate, they never give you a discount anymore. They used to be give you a discount. Now it's every golf course, you have to book the tea time two weeks ahead. Otherwise you can never get a chance to play. So I try to search the golf course around the entire Bay Area and try to find a spot and I can play. That's the, the ways I keep myself. I can stay in the, the outdoor activity, do exercise, that's one part. Yeah, I, I. it's always so fun to hear about like what businesses are thriving in the pandemic. Golf courses is not one that I would have guessed about, um, but that like when you think about it, yeah, nobody has anywhere to be. So of course they wanna be on the golf course. Totally makes sense. Um, I am a little bit of a couch potato. I got a, a bike for Christmas that I need to like, make myself take out more often. Um, but if you're feeling a little more cozy, want to stay inside um, for your winter binging, I definitely recommend the Great British Baking Show if you haven't already um, seen it. Also called Bake Off sometimes, I think. Um, so it's available on Netflix in the US and it's just a delightful cooking competition um, uh, with amateur, but like very crazy talented bakers from across the UK. Um, but unlike a lot of other reality and competition shows, they don't really try to create drama between the contestants. They all just seem like really good friends and they enjoy one, 
one another's company. They even help each other um, sometimes with when they're like struggling with a challenge. Um, so it's just really lovely. And of course, also a great chance to listen to some English, Irish, and Scottish accents, which I always find enjoyable. Um, so I have really, um, re it's just a really cozy, kind environment. Um, and I love binging it um, sometimes also on Zoom with my family. So um, I have really enjoyed uh, talking about the plague with you, sort of trying to dive into the, the deep questions of the meaning of life. Um, and I'll look forward to talking to you again next week. We'll wrap it up there. Um, Don, thanks for joining me. Thank you. It's enjoyable talking with you about the book. My name is Katie Simpson. Our podcast is sponsored by Asian American Forward. You can visit our website at asianamericanforward.com. If you enjoyed the show this week or have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode, send us your comments at info at asianamericanforward.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook and hear more conversations between Don and I at our YouTube channel. If you're a fan of the show, leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store or tell someone about us. It really helps people find the show. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.